Well, I'm Ashley Michelle with Two Live Magazine. I'm so excited. We got Vanessa Mitchell. <laughs> get a little finesse on us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, comedian, uh, actor, uh, author, podcast, just all kind of things that you got going on. I'm super excited. Um, I can't wait to, you know, talk about the new stuff you have too. But I mean, for, where are you right now? I'm in my home in Los Angeles. Uh, okay. Live in an area called West Hills out in the valley. A um, right. couple of zip codes down from Calabasas. Okay. <laughs> Staying in my lane. <laughs> Staying in my, my safe middle lane on this freeway. And, it's a good uh, lane, though. It's a good lane. You know what? Sometimes when you ride that middle, the, the, the ride lasts longer. It's more comfortable. You ain't stressed, you know? Right. But you're uh, from Atlanta, right? I'm from the A. Okay. Uh, I go back once a month to see my fam and, uh, you know, very proud of that. I, I rep Atlanta everywhere I go because I feel like, you know, it's just as far as black entertainment. And I don't care if it's music or comedy or acting, you know, you know, Atlanta has always been at the forefront of like putting out some good talent and, uh, mm -hmm. and nurturing people and, and allowing them to grow, you know, until we got some of the, uh, trailblazers and culture setters today you know right right so like have you always been funny like were you the funny kid were you class clown um I can't say I've always been funny I've always been conversational funny okay I never tried to be a funny dude or a funny guy I felt like I was always the cool pretty boy guy okay i can see the pretty boy uh -huh. conversationally though <laughs> i was i was i was i was funny and i didn't really think about being funny until i realized i couldn't be a rapper or a producer or a singer i tried to be all three i tried to be in the r&b group they was like nah you just you tone deaf you don't hear right, it right. <laughs> i tried to be a rapper they were like uh no nah, you don't sound nah right so uh so comedy it was you know i, I okay. found it it found me you feel like um because you were in atlanta and atlanta is like a heavy industry for music and all this stuff you felt like that's something you had to try and do well you know what what happened was i went i i, I attended the university of miami mm -hmm. so even atlanta and going to miami miami was like on fire as well but at that time it was two live crew and 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 luke records and uh you know, yeah slipped and slide was just coming out you know captain d coming captain d coming and so uh and uh and then me being a a uh a brother cap alpha side back then i was also pledging so i was meeting dudes from all over the country and we found out we had a lot in common and so mm -hmm. being from atlanta it was just like you know, we found out that uh, our coaches, University of Miami's coaches, basketball coaches, okay. his son, the head coach, was a music producer. Mm -hmm. So we just used to go over there. A couple of us used to go over there and listen to his music. He was more of an R&B guy, so I was trying to sing. You know, I, I put myself in a group. <laughs> ah, right. Then the group was like, you need to be the manager. You, you, you shouldn't be in the group. You should be the man. <laughs> right. Just get that paperwork together. Right. <laughs> um, when I my uh what is what do they call work work study or work something when you go get a job and you're still in school? Yeah, went, work study or internship. Yeah. yeah, internship. I went to go work at Luke Records. 
And so oh, okay. being in that environment, it really like gassed me up to think I was some A&R producer guy. Because coming from Atlanta, I'm like, what does Miami know? They don't know. Right, right. <laughs> they know one type of music. So, <laughs> um, and then that was short lived. And the next thing I know, I just went to a, a open mic night at a comedy mm-hmm. club. I went to the comedy club to hang out. Mm-hmm. And ended up getting on stage doing a joke contest. My okay. joke won. And because I was never shy. I was, you know, I was always like, you know, a, a talker, gift of mm-hmm. gab, you know. Uh, you My, can't be shy if you're a capper. I no, mean, so you know what I mean? We were already running the yard. And, right. Uh, you know, so I was already that guy. Exactly. And, and then, um, you know, when I told my joke and my joke won, the guy just whispered in my ear. I always feel like it's very important to hear the right type of information or uh, motivation at the right time in life. Because Black people will take it. We'll run with it, you know. And he was like, you you pretty good, man. You just made, I can tell you just made that up in the moment. You should come back next week for open mic night and just do three minutes. And I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, come on back. And I went back. And I made up this three-minute routine about uh, how young boys, you know, discover themselves in the shower around 11, 12 years old. Okay. It it was hilarious. It was just like (laughs) all these act outs. It was hilarious. And and then he said, man, that was dope. You got to come back next week. So I didn't know you were supposed to say the same jokes. I thought you just get up there and start talking again and magic will happen. Right. Man, when I tell you it was so quiet in that room, and that's the show I invited all my friends to. Oh, I, no. That's the show I wore a suit and tie. You couldn't tell me I wasn't no comedian. No. <laughs> so I bomb bomb. And uh, wow. after that, I was hooked. I was probably on Comic View like three and a half years later. And then I was on Saturday Night Live uh, probably three years after my first Comic View. So do you feel like Comic View was like your first real big break to say, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm doing this comic stuff? If there wasn't no Comic View, there would be no finesse Mitchell. Mm-hmm. There was no opportunity to get on live television and crush it. Mm-hmm. Stop pursuing it. You know, we give up on shit quick. Mm-hmm. This ain't happening fast enough. <laughs> right, I know. It's so and hard. <laughs> for me was you know, uh, it was everything I needed. It was validation. Ricky Smiley was the host. He he, mm-hmm. he brought me out to the stage. He was he was a, he's a cue, so he's like, I'm about to bring out this capo. So we doing this little step off. You know, I'm doing <laughs> doing cute stuff. And um, but it was just everything I needed. It was it was it was being filmed in Atlanta that year, and it's so great to be ignorant in your dream. Mm-hmm. So like fun and authentically like whatever happens happens because you're still doing it for the love right and you're holding on to this i'm gonna be big one day and hopefully you don't surround yourself with a with a with a, a lot of people that's like no you're not you know right right <laughs> negative energy but for me just having that moment and killing it in atlanta and me thinking okay i've arrived mm-hmm. Now, in the bigger scheme of things, moving out to LA, nobody give a damn about no comic view. Right. That ain't nobody radar. Right, <laughs> right. You know, so I, you know, I took my little comic view credit and I moved out to LA like, uh, where's Will Smith? I'm going right. To- right. 
know, I need to be in training day. Where is Denzel Washington? So, <laughs> so do you feel like moving out to LA has kind of taken away your that just doing it for the love and doing it for the fun, that dream? Yes, great question. Um, moving out, you have to move out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, Atlanta was the music mecca. We had wow. Dallas Austin, we had Jermaine Dupree, and we had LaFayette mm-hmm. Records. So in between those three record labels, we were getting Monica from Tony Braxton, the mm-hmm. Criss Cross, Outkast. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. everything Atlanta wanted to say was being done musically right. at that time. Comedy-wise, we had the Bruce Bruce's and the Earthquakes, um, Arnaz J. It was so many people coming out of Atlanta, but they were touring because of BET Comic View. Okay. On Def Comedy Jam, you were on BET Comic View. Okay. And, and people were just starting to tour and black comedy was just starting to get hot as a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can stay in Atlanta or Chicago or whatever, but if you're not in New York or in LA at the time, it's just sort of like you're the funniest person in your city. Mm. You make a lot of money in your city by doing shows or by getting on local radio, right? You right. can be you can be the comedian on the Frank Ski Morning Show or the Tom Joyner Show or the Steve Harvey Show. Um, but LA kind of puts it in perspective as more of a business. Mm. And that's when you realize I am such a small tadpole in this big old ocean. And like I said- That's a dream crusher. Yeah, oh, man, I mean, my money ran out in the first month. I was living in the jungle, as they say, uh, out here in LA off of Crenshaw and King. Didn't realize it at the time. I just thought it was a spacious apartment. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So you heard that first gunshot, you're like, well, no, wait a minute. I was like, why are the helicopters so busy tonight? <laughs> What's going on every night in this neighborhood? Right. I mean, we really want to keep us safe. This right. is- <laughs> I didn't know all the criminals was living in my neighbor in my <laughs> in my subdivision. <laughs> um, but I would I change any of those experiences. I wouldn't change not one thing. Because all I knew is I had to drive from the hood to go up to Sunset Boulevard or Melrose Avenue to the dope comedy clubs just to watch. Wasn't even getting on stage. Didn't nobody care about no finesse, Mitchell. So you had to wait till you heard information where you could get on stage or who wasn't going to show up. And maybe you could take that person's spot. So it was a bunch of networking and just showing up every day. And every I shouldn't say every day, every night. Your night literally started at like 7.30. You probably didn't come home till like after midnight every night. And you probably didn't get on stage. And I probably did that for over a year. Wow. Over a year. And at the time, I'll never forget the girl I was dating at the time said, yeah, you're not making it fast enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, um, but two, but like three years after I got to LA, uh, Tracy Morgan was leaving Saturday Night Live and it had swept through black comedy like, a freaking brush fire like mm-hmm. everybody knew Tracy was leaving the show and they was looking for the new black guy so at the time it wasn't about people who wanted to be on Saturday Night Live it was just about a job opening right oh, looking for a black guy I'm black right what's up so at that time uh after all the people auditioned and it was about a good 50 people mm-hmm. that I about, uh they narrowed it down to me and Keenan Thompson and D-Ray Davis and J.B. Smooth and Kel Mitchell and um, 
somebody else. They ended up going with me and Keenan at the time. I mean, but just that line, I'm sorry, but just that lineup and you in that lineup with those guys, like, that's awesome too. Like, that's something to brag about too. I I, I can honestly say, I'm getting goosebumps. I can honestly say Mm -hmm. that, you know, just being uh, willfully ignorant, you know, because you don't know about the industry. You don't know uh, what's, you don't know what's, um, hold on, let me spank my daughter. (laughs) This is real life right here. Hey, Al, 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 come here for a second, please. (laughs) Al, come here, shut this door and stop shouting. I'm on, I'm, I'm doing a, a, no, no, no. You go on the outside. I just want to keep your voice down. <laughs> Thank you. She thought you wanted company. Hey, she <laughs> coming in. We got a meeting. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Get them checks. <laughs> I want to put on TV as soon as I'm on 11. There you go. Yeah. Especially since you're already getting in. How long were you on SNL? I did SNL for three years, three full seasons. Um, you, you feature for two seasons. You become a cast member in your third season. Mm. So I was a cast member. And then at the end of my third season, they decided to go in another direction. And that was disappointing and heartbreaking. Um, but I left New York City and for some strange reason, moved down to Miami, moved back to where I was the man, you know? Right, right. So I got around all my frat brothers again, who was still in the area and bought a crib and, uh, ended up getting married. And before I knew it, I'm living in South Florida. But the move, the play should have been to go right back to LA. Right. Because coming off of SNL, the industry is ready for you. Right. And uh, because my phone was ringing and I got a chance to do the movie, Who's Your Caddy? Um, with Big Boy and Faison and Sherry Shepard. I got uh, to do this movie called The Comebacks. And then this movie called Mad Money with Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and uh, Tom Cruise's old flame—I forgot her name. Um, but I was like, "Oh snap!" So it's happening. So right. I don't have to move to LA. They just calling me. I didn't audition for anything. People was just calling me. I'm saying, "Hey, nice one in this movie." And so uh, I spent like maybe five or six years down in South Florida when I should have. I, I think about where I could have been. You know, had I gone straight back. Because everything happens in cycles, and if you wait too long, a new cycle of people right. come. In, cycle of people come in, but I think everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. Um, so, do you kind of regret that decision? Like, is that something you look back and say, "Damn, I should have really took my yeah. behind in L.A." I've had enough people tell me, "No, everything happened the way it was supposed to happen." True, but you know, the business side of me says, "Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't supposed to go to Florida and act like I've already arrived." I was supposed to go back to LA and be ignorantly blissful in love with being funny and being accessible mm-hmm. so that people could see me and be there at a moment's notice. Sometimes people will call me and I'd be like, ah, I'm in Miami. They'd be like, oh, we tomorrow. And I'm like, ah, can't get there tomorrow. Right. You know? So um, some yeah, I look back on it and I regret it. But when I look at where I am now, I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I didn't end up. It didn't, it, you know, it's not mm. too bad. You know what I mean? Right. That's, hey, hey. 
You uh, you didn't wrote a book. You're on the Wendy Williams show. I mean, come on, stop. No, yeah. you still you blessed and living in bliss. <laughs> You know, I, I always tell people, and people say always, it's, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, and that's mm -hmm. so true. Mm -hmm. When you have a career, a career is a career. You cannot say five years after you say you do one thing that you do real estate now, right. or that so-and-so now that you do it. Well, then your career hopping, you, you know what I mean? And if uh, the ends are not meeting, then yes, you find a way to make the ends meet, and you you know, try to supplement your income with something that you're equally as passionate about or something that drives you so crazy that you hate doing that mm -hmm. it drives you back into your passion. Right. You know, a job that's out of necessity, but you hate it. Mm -hmm. But that's a great job too, because it makes you keep thinking of ways to get back to what's important, mm -hmm. which is And so, um, you know, there were times when uh when I first got to LA, I'll never forget. I did BET's Comic View and I crushed it. I was just talking about this last night. But then when I got to LA and I needed a job, I was a temp worker for BET. So I'm answering the phones at BET and getting people coffee and all this stuff. And people was, didn't I see you on TV? Right. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> you know, but at the time it was just like, uh, this this rent in the jungle gotta be paid. You know right. what I mean? So you know, you take your ego out of things and you don't get married to disappointment or to things you thought you should have gotten mm -hmm. or people who get stuff that you feel like they don't deserve it or you're better than them. Once right. you get that line of thinking and just worry about yourself, stop looking to the left and right. Mm -hmm. It takes a while for you to grow into that type of maturity. But once you do that, it's easier to keep plotting your next move. Mm -hmm. It's easier for you to say, you know what? Hmm. I am going to start giving relationship advice. Now, this was before mm -hmm. Kevin Samuels. I'm just going to start, you know, and I, for some reason, I was blessed to start writing for Essence Magazine. Yeah, I saw that you, and then they offered you, like, to write a column every issue. Yeah, so I'm in the, I'm in the book every month. And, uh, of course, that led to the Essence Festivals and just mm -hmm. a big platform. But then that led to getting a book deal and write my first book. But then that also led to the talk show syndicate where the talk show circuit where I'm, I am on Tyra Banks show or Bethany or Jeff or the Today Show. And I'm meeting all these producers and they're like, you're so funny in the moment for that. Oh my God, you're so good at this, oh my God. Okay, thank you. And they would pass me along to other producers. And then years later, I got out of that game because I felt like Steve Harvey was taking over that lane. And that's something I regret. I should have stayed in that lane. Yeah, because it can be more than one. My, my, I was like, you know what? That, that ain't right. For <laughs> but, um, but then I started getting back on my stand-up grind. And um, I started auditioning again. And I booked this show, Ant Farm. And it's yes. a Disney channel. And I started uh, playing. Them Disney checks. <laughs> That was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because not only did it teach me to how to do television, multicam television, because SNL, there's no guarantee you're going to be on every Saturday. Right. But Disney Channel, I was the dad. So I'm on, I'm on every Saturday. So I'm learning how to act better, learning how to be funny for TV and learning how to be funny for a demographic where you have to keep it clean. Right. And then years later, those same kids who was in love with China McClain, you know, they're 21, 22, 23. Mm -hmm. So now they at the comedy club. Right. So 
come to town, they're like, hey, we're gonna go see China Daddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And um, my good friend, uh, the late Bob Saget, he'll, he, I'll never forget, he said, um, working for Disney will probably be one of the biggest moves in your career, Finesse, because the way I hated playing Danny Tanner, um, when I go to the comedy clubs now, it's everybody who loved Full House. Mm-hmm. Well, right when you think that job is over, four years after that, all those kids that grew up watching that show will be teenagers and, and young adults mm-hmm. and keep food on your table because they're going to come see you live. Yep. And he was right about that. And so, um, but again, like making all those relationships and then, uh, you know, somehow making it onto the onto Wendy's radar. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that gig come? I can kind of hear how, you know, you got all that experience, but how did that gig come about? Getting on the Wendy show, talking about hot topics. Wendy, when you know how Wendy started doing panels? And yeah. so, of course, all the producers behind the scenes, they were like, oh, we need Finesse Mitchell. And who, Finesse Mitchell, I've heard of that name. <laughs> Mitchell, I've heard of him. Yes, I forgot you good with voices. <laughs> Yes, you good with voices. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I met Wendy and we hit it off uh, and, and she was cool, which made me uh, feel really good because I heard she's not cool with everybody. Yeah, I did too. I was going, okay, so she was really cool. So you felt welcome. I felt welcome. And, okay. and Williams has always been super sweet and kind to me, even times when I felt like she wasn't having a great day, you know? So, so later on, you know, when you look back and you see what's in, in it, Kim and I was guest hosting her show because it went from just being like on the panel to the producers thought enough of me to say, hey, uh, we don't want you to host by yourself, but we will, we do want to pair you up with Kim Whitley. And I'm just like, I love Kim. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And Kim, we hit it off like gangbusters. And uh, our chemistry was automatic. And it was like we had been working together for 20 years. And uh, what I love most about that entire experience is that we both learned, oh, can you do this every day mm-hmm. for over 10 years? Mm-hmm. Can you come to this same place and look at these same people and get in these, di- you think getting them suits are nice? Well, yeah. got three different suits in one day, do three different shows. Talk to three different guests, act excited and super cheery all the time, yeah. you know, the whole day. You can be hungry. You can have something going on with your family. Right. You could, you know, you, could, you got kids that miss you. And then you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, I can't even get a good phone call in because I got to prepare for the next thing. And, and, it, and it made me say, uh, I mm-hmm. could see somebody might fall off a little bit. Right. And that's why when I look at Wendy's situation, I have even more respect for her because not only did she grow her own fan base and mm-hmm. her way and they like her style. Everybody knows Wendy's fans love Wendy. Yes. When Absolutely. they love, they like, okay, all right, but where's Wendy? Right. You look good in that suit. Where's Wendy? Right. Oh, y'all crushed it. Y'all made me laugh so much. Where's Wendy? Right. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, it made me want to. It made me want to not only have my own show, but then realize it's not as easy as people seem. So I take my hat off to Wendy Williams for doing it so long with her her personal problems. And, you know, even though she was in the business of sometimes talking about other people's personal problems, Mm -hmm. 
realize the job is the job. The game is the game. I was going to say, how do you, how did you feel sitting on Hot Topics talking about gossip, especially if they were talking about people's families and their kids? That's not me. I don't even do stand up like that. So at first I had an issue with it. But then what I did was I said, if I was preparing for a role, I'm going to play this character. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm guest hosting for Wendy. I'm substituting for Wendy. Right. The Finesse Mitchell show, they still call it the Wendy Williams show. So I got to give her fan base what they want. So since we talked about the Kardashians most of the time, I didn't really care. Uh, <laughs> Everything was on display anyway, so. I mean, you know, plus they feed off of media. So they got to mm-hmm. take the bad. But for me personally, it was just like, I got over it real quick. I loved being on television. I loved just being funny in the moment. And I never took something too far where I thought I would regret it. Okay. okay. So I just tried to walk that line and stay and stay true to myself, stay true to things that I thought would be in good nature and good taste, even though I'm talking about other people. You know? <laughs> right. Well, we got to talk about this new project before you wrap up real quick. Um, you wrote a multicam comedy with uh, Warren Hutchison like, uh, called I Gotta Ask My Wife. Now, I already love the title because you need to ask us everything. Right. But, you know, tell us a little bit about that really quickly and because uh, I'm excited about that. You know, it's a, it's a show that I pitched to the president of Fox. I pitched it to him directly on a Zoom and he ended up just buying it right there on the spot. And I told him, that, you know, I'm at that point in my life where I don't want to go out. If I do go out, it's to go to the comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. But living in a city like L.A. and being in show business, and when people take their vacations, hey, I'm coming to L.A., homie. Coming. <laughs> what we about to get into? And I'm like, oh, you about to play with my kids. <laughs> you know? Going to eat a nice dinner. I'm mean- all be in bed by 1030. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and so I just thought it would be great to portray myself in my 20s and in my 30s and in my 40s. They're going to be different characters and I'm going to play the guy that's in my 40s, but they're all basically me. And I'm going to write the comedy that I was going through in my 20s. You know, my days, my post dating days, my post starting comedy days. I'm going to write the, where I was in my 30s. I'm getting married. Oh, I'm not getting married. Oh, I'm getting a divorce. Well, that was quick. I thought I was the relationship guru. I write for Essence. What's going on? <laughs> I was the guy that settled down in my 40s that kind of figured out what life was really about, what relationships are really about. And uh, I thought to myself, you know what, it would be great to show all these guys living in the same building and they're all trying to get me. We all think the grass is greener on the other side. Okay. And my wife is the only one that sees everything. She sees the kid in his 20s and what he's going through and she sees Mm -hmm that wants to like be my best friend in his 30s but he wants a divorce so she don't necessarily want that energy around me right she sees me in my 40s struggling to be like you know like yeah babe i'm just gonna step out for a minute mm-hmm. it was just me moving into a new building with these new neighbors and everybody kind of like thinking that everybody's life is better and it's yeah. told from male's point of view that's cool i can't wait so when does that come out you know, hopefully if it gets picked up, it'll come out in the fall of 2023. Okay. Right now, the way pilot season works, you write the script, they read the script. If they want the script, they shoot the pilot. If they like the pilot, they'll put it on for next year. But the opportunity is incredible. Industry right. is 
and I'm very excited to be at this stage of my career. And it just keeps steadily doing something that I want to do. I'm excited too. I can't wait to see it. I love the concept. Okay, just, well. I just wanted to be super funny and more of like a Martin type of flair without all of the characters. Yeah. But that energy, you know what right. I mean? You know, Martin did like 10 different characters. That was Martin. I, I want to put 10 different actors to work. You know what I mean? Right. So that same energy. Mm. So everybody can get checks, you know? Yes. Mm. I'm excited about that. Well, before we completely wrap it up, we do what we call fill in the blank and either or. Okay. So we're going to do uh, fill in the blank really real quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fill in the blank real quick. Is my daughter um, bothering you? She be everywhere. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little one of them, but no. Ooh, we trying. Okay, let me wrap it up. All right. Um, blank annoys me on social media. Um, them investment people. Oh my! Ooh, be, I get one more of them doggone crypto. Maybe the first comment on every post, and I enjoy blocking them. <laughs> I I spend half my time blocking people telling me how to be rich. Right. <laughs> what they made up story. Okay. I want to throw blank away and never think about it again. I want to throw. Mm, that's a good one. You know what? I'm going to keep it general and inspirational. I want to okay. throw, throw doubt away. Okay. Let it creep up on me again. Because I've let, it, I've let it slow me down, not stop me, but I've definitely wasted time thinking, I, you know, mm -hmm. you know, comics are some weird people, you know, we are conscious about a bunch of stuff, but our job is to make everybody laugh, you know, and, and so sometimes the doubt will make you not get on stage. And before you know it, a year goes by and you're like, damn, I ain't been on stage. Meanwhile, you watching every new comedian and social media person just keep blowing up. So, yeah. That's but, uh, everybody though. We all have doubt, and doubt yeah. holds us all up. So, okay, <laughs> I'll get on here and start preaching. Okay, uh, <laughs> if I wrote a book about today's society, it would be titled blank. It would be titled <clears throat> It would be titled They Want to Keep It Unfair. Mm, I like this. They would be in quotes. Uh huh. So we know who they are. Oh, we know who they is. We okay. always know who they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, when my partner does blank, that means blank. When my partner, when my partner goes upstairs and shuts the door. That means she's watching Real Housewives or something. <laughs> hey, she doesn't even invite you, guys. She don't, she don't want to be disturbed, and I don't even want to disturb her. I'm glad the door is shut. Okay. Okay, either or real quick. Okay. Lick ice cream off of a public toilet seat or a stranger's hand? A stranger's hand. Stranger's hand, okay. Receive lingerie or dirty toys? That I want to see? Receive. Uh, that you're going to receive. Somebody's going to give it to you. 
probably give me the dirty tours. <laughs> Same underwear for a month or commando for a month? Same underwear for a month. Exactly. Thank you. I, I need something. I need something to conceal me. Okay. All right. Fight Keenan Thompson or your mom? Do what? Fight, fight Keenan Thompson or your mom? Oh, Who are you fighting? Keenan catching a beat down. There you go. That's the right answer. Yep. I ain't taking no L from my mom. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Vanessa Mitchell. This was awesome. I had a good time. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I did. Good. And I, I always tell people this, so I'm going to say it to you. Please and do. feel free to quote it. Part of your talent is how well you work with other people. So that's for me. That's for me to everybody at Too Loud. Because sometimes people think that I'm this, I'm that, I can do whatever. I'm dope, and they, they hating. But no, it's a team effort. And if right. you treat me like shit, you ain't going to go nowhere. And if you treat people who are even more talented than you in a certain way, or you're late and you don't respect time, people's other people's time, then, you know, it, it ain't going to go nowhere. You, it's dead before it even gets started. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate that. Congratulations to you guys and, you know, representing us and putting our voices out there and i wish forever you another, forever i wish you another 15 20 years doing the same thing talk too loud, too loud. <laughs>